You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Cade Young. And I'm Sydney Foreman. This is the WFHB Local News for Monday, May 25th, 2020. Later in the program, WFHB correspondents break down stage three of Indiana's plan to reopen. Also coming up in the next half hour, I interview John Hamilton, mayor of Bloomington, in our segment, A Few Minutes with the Mayor. But first, your local headlines. According to the state's dashboard, Indiana State Department of Health reported 354 new positive cases with eight new deaths reported. This comes after 5,498 new tests. Altogether, there are 31,715 total positive cases of COVID-19 in Indiana. 1,832 total people have died from the virus. The total number of Indiana's residents who were tested climbs to 226,251 people. 14.1% of total tests came back positive. In Monroe County, there are 160 positive cases of COVID-19 with 10 deaths. Over 2,500 tests have been issued. In Brown County, there are 33 positive cases with one death confirmed. This comes after 185 total tests were issued in Brown County. President of Indiana University Health Brian Shockney said last week the IU Bloomington Hospital discharged their 100th COVID-19 patient during a COVID-19 press conference on May 22nd. He said by June 8th, every clinic will be available online. County Health Administrator Penny Caudell said positivity rates are decreasing. Indiana's positivity rate is about 15%. Monroe County, our rate of positives among our people tested is 6.2% today. So that continues to drop. That's good news. We feel like we're doing well, and that's encouraging as we look at our next steps. Caudell said the state webpage, coronavirus.in.gov, will direct people to testing facilities. She announced the operating hours for the OptumServe testing site to be Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., and Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Cadell explained the move of the OptumServe testing site to the National Guard Armory. It is at the Armory. We have not been really advertising, I guess, the location because people do need appointments. They need to pre-register before they go. So um, that's the reasoning for us not to give out uh, or advertise that location uh, up front. And, and in the the front line of every advertisement that we do because we want people to know that it's available, that they need to register online, and then they'll be given that address. So not trying to hide that, just uh, we don't want people to think that they can just stroll up, walk in, and be served right away. Uh, In terms of the site, again, the health department is not in charge of setting those sites up. We didn't make, but we were assisting with that, and that's an optum situation. There was some staffing issues. There were some other things I think that uh, went went into that and we just had to find an alternative location. Monroe County Emergency Management Director Allison Moore said a blood drive is scheduled for June 23rd. It's scheduled at the Bloomington Convention Center. It will be by appointment only and you'll be able to make those appointments through the Red Cross 
and they are getting that information ready currently. And once we have um, all of their information on how you can schedule an appointment on for June 23rd, you can find that information as soon as we get it from the Red Cross on our county website. Um, and if and as Brian said, you know, please start searching now for places to where you can go. Um, but also hold that date and and be willing to donate for um, for the good of the cause on June 23rd. Indiana University Assistant Vice President for Strategic Partnerships Kirk White said on June 1st, IU faculty and student research projects will resume. The Brown County 4-H Fair will not hold any in-person events this year. However, there will be virtual events, according to Sarah Clifford of the Brown County Democrat. In a breaking alert from the BC Democrat, a letter was sent from the 4-H Council, the Fair Board, the Livestock Auction Committee, and the 4-H Office. The letter read, quote, Ultimately, both the 4-H Council and the 4-H Fair Board felt that with our current resources, we would be unable to comply with the safety requirements set forth by Purdue Extension to ensure the safety of all those in attendance, end quote. 4-H Fair and Brown County leaders say grandstand events, the Carnival, baby and toddler pageants, commercial vendors, open class exhibits, and the livestock auction will not happen this year. Last week, both Monroe County and Bartholomew County canceled their in-person fairs, but will be offering virtual activities. Bloomington City Council Administration Committee discussed hiring a new administrative attorney in light of the retirement of Dan Sherman during their May 22nd meeting. Counselor Stephen Volan said Deputy Administrator Stephen Lucas was qualified. He has served the council twice, first as an intern, and now as a deputy attorney when he was hired last year. Uh, his immediate job before that was working for the clerk's office, which he did for at least three years. So, um, And he served as an intern for two and a half years, so he has some experience with the city. Councilmember Jim Sims said Lucas would still be asked to submit an up-to-date resume. Administrative Attorney Dan Sherman said the hiring process for the deputy administrator position does not require a committee and is conducted by the administrative attorney. Volan said the city hopes to continue a full staff through August 1st. If we were to be so lucky as to uh, win over Mr. Lucas as our new attorney administrator, we um, still have, I think, adequate time to conduct uh, an open search for uh, someone to replace him as the deputy, um, led, of course, by the new attorney administrator. This would only happen, of course, if we, uh, if we offer the job to Mr. Lucas and he takes it. If he does, that creates an opening. Um, but we do, as Mr. Sherman has said, want to be fully staffed come August 1st. Um, we're going to have uh, uh, first major turnover in decades. And uh, while you know, we, I think that uh, he will put us in the best hands we could possibly have at this point. Um, you know, it is important that we uh, act as expeditiously as we can. Council members approved a due pass recommendation to the full council for the appointment of Stephen Lucas for the administrative attorney position. Now it's time for your feature reports. Up first, a slew of WFHB news correspondents break down what stage three means for Indiana residents. Stage 3 of Indiana's plan to reopen began Friday, May 22nd, as part of Governor Eric Holcomb's Back on Track initiative, which oversees the state's effort to reopen amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's what Governor Holcomb had to say in his afternoon briefing from last week about the state's advancement into Stage 3. 
Restaurant and dining rooms will remain at open at 50% capacity, but retail stores and malls, uh, they will be able to operate at 75% capacity. Again, following all the guidelines, all the recommendations, all the restrictions uh, that go along with entering um, stage three. Gyms, uh, YMCAs, fitness studios, uh, they also may open come Friday. Uh, with some restrictions, community pools, campgrounds. While some fear reopening many places to 50% capacity may overwhelm Indiana's healthcare system, the governor is moving forward with the plan anyways. Just to put this in context, we were in stage one, that's, that feels like it was years ago, but that started March 24th, went to May 4th. So we, we, were, in, um, we were in that stage for seven weeks. Remember, that was when we were um, just 10 people could assemble or could gather, huddle up um, with six feet um, between them. Um, and then we entered stage two on March 4th, or excuse me, May 4th, with the exception of Marion and Lake and Cass counties, um, each with their own issues and, and numbers and indicators that we were following every single day. Obviously, we've been in stage two for 18 days, just over, just over a couple weeks um, and we've been, uh, that, that maximum number was 25 people. So we more than doubled uh, the number. Marion, Lake, and Cass County are delaying their efforts to reopen due to a high number of cases in these areas. These counties will be able to join Stage 3 on June 1st. The third stage of Indiana's back-on-track plan started Memorial Day weekend and ends on June 13th, when Stage 4 is expected to begin. Before we dive into what happens on Monday, let's start with what will remain closed. Playgrounds, overnight youth camps, bars, and nightclubs will remain closed. In addition, cultural and entertainment venues, amusement parks, water parks, and tourism sites will stay closed in Stage 3. Furthermore, festivals, fairs, and parades will remain under lockdown during Stage 3. K-12 buildings, facilities, and grounds will remain closed for school-sponsored education, sports, and other activities through June 30th. Lastly, movie theaters will remain closed. Now let us take a look at what will reopen in Stage 3, despite an increasing death count and positive case count. Here's what reopens starting Monday. Retail stores and malls may move to 75% capacity while maintaining social distancing. Mall common areas such as food courts and sitting areas are limited to 50% capacity. Gyms, fitness centers, yoga studios, martial arts studios, and like facilities may open with restrictions. Class sizes and equipment must be spaced to accommodate social distancing. Limited class sizes are required. Equipment must be cleaned after each use, and employees are required to wear face coverings. No contact activities are permitted. Community tennis and basketball courts, soccer and baseball fields, YMCA programs, and similar facilities may open with social gathering and social distancing guidelines in place. Community pools may open according to CDC guidance. Campgrounds may open with social distancing limitations and sanitation precautions. Youth summer day camps may open on June 1st. Community recreational youth and adult sports may resume practices and conditioning, adhering to social gathering and social distancing guidelines. 
Contact sports, such as football, basketball, and wrestling, where players typically come into contact with other players, are not permitted. Conditioning and non-contact drills may take place. Adult day service programs offered through the state's Bureau of Developmental Disability Service may begin June 1st. Congregate senior settings remain closed. Raceways may open with no spectators. Daycare facilities and daycare facilities at schools are encouraged to open. State park inns will also reopen in Stage 3 of the state's reopening plan. Mayor Holcomb highlights these main points in his afternoon briefing from last week. Um, recreational, underscore, underline, emphasize, put quotes around recreational um, sports practices may begin, again, following guidelines. Contact sports, um, such as football or lacrosse, uh, those are uh, still prohibited at this time. Basketball, tennis, soccer, baseball, um, um, fields and, and, and uh, courts, they're going to be um, able to be open come Friday. Youth summer day camps also may begin on June 1 inside of this executive order inside of stage three. So just while most of stage three begins this Friday, youth summer day camps may begin on June 1. Um, raceways can begin competition with no spectators. Um, come stage three on, on May 22nd, state park inns are reopening as well. And they've used their time wisely uh, to make sure that you can have a good, safe experience at our state park inns. Um, also, I should note that inside this executive order, again, that I'll sign tomorrow, that'll go into effect on um, Friday, we're extending the prohibition on turning off utilities, number one. Number two, we're extending the prohibition on filing mortgage foreclosures or evictions. And we're also waiving late penalties for certain B&B transactions. That, and they'll be extended to July 1st. So we're moving those days from basically June 4th um, to July 1st. Now that we've covered what remains closed and what will reopen, let's discuss some basic guidelines for Indiana's plan to reopen the state. The state's guidelines for all Indiana residents are as follows. State residents 65 and older and people with known high-risk medical conditions should limit exposure at work and in their communities. Remote work is expected to continue when possible. Face coverings are recommended. Social gatherings of up to 100 people may take place following the CDC social distancing guidelines. The coronavirus is often spread among groups of people who are in close contact in a confined space for an extended period of time. This limit applies to wedding receptions, parties, and other events where people are in close physical contact for extended periods. Assisted living facilities and nursing homes remain closed to visitors. In Stage 3, there are no travel restrictions. With Stage 3 starting on Memorial Day weekend, it's best to note some guidelines for events and social gatherings. The state's plan says for a single defined space, all public and private meetings or gatherings may have up to 100 people when social distancing can be accomplished and other sanitation measures are implemented. It is highly recommended that tools be used to complete a health screening for attendees. For locations with multiple clearly separate areas, such as separate banquet rooms or multiple sports fields, each separate area may have up to 100 people in each section or segment with these accommodations. Ensure separate gatherings do not commingle. 
Within each segment or gathering, ensure six feet of social distancing between each table, with no more than six individuals at any table. And for classroom, auditorium, bleacher, or other style seating, ensure six feet of separation between individuals or household units. Ensure separate and designated restroom facilities for each site or gathering that can adequately provide services for attendees. Provide hand sanitizer or other prevention supplies, and attendance is prohibited if individuals are sick or recently exposed to COVID-19. It is highly recommended that tools be used to complete a health screening for attendees. Lastly, multi-day meetings or gatherings are strongly discouraged. Governor Holcomb said there are certain things the public can do in the fight against the COVID-19 pandemic. The number one, two, three things you can do, and I'm, I'm going to use my time of thanks to speak directly to you, um, because we all have a role in this, and the number one thing you can do is wear a mask when you're around a lot of other people, and you're in close quarters up on top of, you know, around a lot of folks, a mask is going to go a long way. That physical distancing going to go a long way. Washing your hands, all those hygiene um, uh, habits uh, that we mention uh, every single time we're together, those add up and make a difference, and that's what's allowed us. We've been successful to date um, because, again, by and large, most people are doing these things. So if you are 65 and older or if you have underlying health conditions, we're still telling you to be uber cautious about uh, surrounding yourself in an environment um, that could put you at risk. Um, and just make sure that um, you're doing everything that you can because this is about public health and our role in it. And so we've got to hold each other accountable. Now, in case you might have missed one of those details, let's recap. For Indiana residents who are 65 and older and high-risk residents, you should use caution and limit exposure in the community. All Indiana residents should continue remote work whenever possible. The state recommends all residents wear face coverings in public. Social gatherings are permitted up to 100 people, and there are no travel restrictions currently in place. Manufacturing, industrial, and construction businesses are now open in the state as long as they meet IOSHA and CDC guidelines. Limited public access will be available to state government buildings. Employees will return to office buildings in waves, according to the state. Tools are allegedly in place to screen employees daily. State, county, and local government are required to make provisions for social distancing. However, these same government entities are allowed to determine their own policies. Public libraries may reopen according to their own policies. For professional office settings, remote work is encouraged whenever possible. The state says offices are allowed to invite employees back in waves. Tools are allegedly in place to screen employees daily. Offices are required to make provisions for social distancing. Retail, malls, and commercial businesses are expected to open at 75% of their capacity while maintaining social distancing. To recap, mall common areas are limited to 50% capacity. Employees are expected to be screened daily. It is highly recommended employees and customers wear face coverings. Provisions are to be made for employees to maintain social distancing. Retail, malls, and commercial businesses are encouraged to consult industry best practices. Lastly, they are required to provide employees and customers with COVID-19 policies. As for the healthcare industry, assisted living communities and nursing homes will remain closed to visitors. 
Adult day services offered through the Bureau of Developmental Disability Services may open June 1st. Congregate senior settings will remain closed. For restaurants and bars, dining room service remains open at 50% capacity, while bar seating remains closed. Live entertainment is not permitted. Tools are intended to screen employees daily. Employees must wear face coverings. For more information, consult Indiana Restaurant and Lodging Association best practices. If you own a restaurant or a bar, you should provide employees and customers with your COVID-19 safety plan. Up next, Bloomington Mayor John Hamilton answers questions about local current events on a few minutes with the mayor. Community members posted questions on our social media via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, posing questions to Bloomington Mayor John Hamilton about current issues. Today, on A Few Minutes with the Mayor, John Hamilton answers these questions. City Hall is opening back up on Tuesday, and how is that going to look for the public? City Hall will open up to the public after being closed for about four weeks. We have had uh, city workers working continuously through the whole pandemic. But on Tuesday, the 26th, it will mean people can come into City Hall. They'll need to have a mask. They'll sign in. There'll be a lot of uh, health protocols to follow. And they can have a face-to-face meeting with somebody if they need to in the atrium. Uh, We're going to keep visitors not going throughout the whole building. But if they do need to meet with someone, we'll bring them down to the atrium and uh, have a meeting there. We, we still do encourage everyone who can to do any business with the city by phone or by uh, online. But uh, if you do need to come in, we'll make that available again starting Tuesday the 26th. And the next question is, how do you feel about the state moving into stage three of reopening? I'm concerned about moving too fast. Uh, I certainly appreciate the importance of following science and reopening and letting businesses and commerce and entertainment and activities begin again and camps and all our summer activities. But I I do think we really need to be careful that we don't get ahead of the data. And uh, as you know, the county is not keeping exactly up to pace with the state because our data did not suggest it was time to do so. So I'm concerned about it. Uh, I hope everything works out well and that the pace will prove to be appropriate. I know it can take two or three or weeks If there's an infection that starts or a surge that starts, it can take that long to show up in the data sometimes. So I'm concerned about that. But my hope is that we continue on a steady path. And do you know if the county plans to move on to stage three on May 31st once stage two is complete? Or do we plan on holding back on that? This week, there'll be some discussions about that, of course, uh, with the county health department and elected officials and others. And I, I think it's too early to say the health indicators so far in the county continue to be good. Our hospitalization rates are low. Our percentage of people tested who are found to have the disease is still quite low. Our hospitals have plenty of capacity. We just need to be careful that we don't get ahead of the pace. Um, Probably my biggest concern is not moving to larger social gatherings. Uh, And stage three, I think the governor's approving gatherings of 100 people or more. And that's that really does concern me when we know lots of people are still sick. Lots of people don't know they're sick and you can really get transmission problems that way. Do you think that stage three will look the same for the county as the state, such as all of the openings and all of the numbers? 
numbers or well stage three is not a very dramatic change i think we start to see playgrounds and gyms those are some of the bigger ones in movie theaters and i think the governor may have held movie theaters out i think so those i expect those will happen at some point i don't know the exact timing i think the big concern to me is going from 25 person social gatherings to indicating that gatherings of 100 are fine and that concerns me and i wouldn't be surprised if our county carves that out we just have capacity or the threat of lots of those kinds of gatherings that could really become a transmission problem. Um, What does reopening look like for those residents who are being protected from things like evacuations and utility shutoffs during COVID-19? When will these protections be taken away from them? Those are really important protections that have been uh, in place for the state emergency. The governor, as I understand it, has extended that moratorium through July to July 1st, which is good. I do think locally we're going to have to dig into that because there are still thousands of people out of work in our county. Um, We don't want people losing their housing, uh, which can just precipitate a whole series of problems for a household um, uh, just because they lost a job if we have a way to get that better. So I know the utility cutoffs. I know our utility, our water utility, has a program to help people if they have trouble with their bills. So please contact our utility. I think that privately owned utilities for phone and gas and communications uh, have some similar programs. And then for evictions, I think it's going to take some digging in uh, at the county level and certainly want to be a partner to that to explore what we can do. We certainly don't want people losing housing during the middle of this crisis. If there's any way we can avoid that. So how are the county's COVID-19 numbers looking overall? Do we know if there are any surging or even any decreases in cases lately? So Monroe County numbers look pretty good. We've been at 10 deaths and 10 deaths is 10 too many, but we have not seen a surge in either cases or deaths over the last week or two. The hospitals of their population, uh, their people who are in the hospital for treatment has, has really plateaued at a pretty low rate, under a dozen, I think. And uh, so those are good signals. What we want to do is see that those are steady or even declining, which we don't see yet. They're, they've been steady. Uh, we just need to keep watching as as things open up. What you worry about is that you see a creeping up. You know, the other thing you worry about is a surge in a particular place. You could have a, a long-term care or a senior care center that has a surge or one place of employment that can have a a surge. So we want to be careful and watch for that too. To close out today's program, Hamilton wanted to share a special Memorial Day message. I want to wish happy Memorial Day to everybody. This is a special day we remember close to a million people who've given their lives for our country. And it's an important and special day to remember how precious the country and the Constitution that they died to protect are to us. And we thank them for their sacrifice and commit to moving forward well together. Do you have a question for Mayor John Hamilton? Comment that question on this coming week's post for a few minutes with the mayor to have your question answered. For WFHB, I'm Sydney Foreman. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Cade Young and Sydney Foreman in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our features were produced by Cade Young, Sydney Foreman, Katrine Bruner, Jake Jacobson, and Alex Dieter. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Our executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Sydney Foreman. And I'm Cade Young. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent local news program. 
You can hear tonight's full broadcast as well as other WFHB programming online at WFHB.org. You can be a part of our award-winning news team. For more information about joining our volunteer team of citizen journalists, email news at WFHB.org. Stay tuned for With Good Reason, coming up next on WFHB. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 